0: I'm Jay Carroll, co-founder of Wonder Valley.
1: And I'm Allison Carroll, co-founder of Wonder Valley. And what I love about beauty is it allows me to connect with myself.
2: From New York City, you're listening to Beauty is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry.
3: Welcome to Beauty Is Your Business. Today, we are buzzing about how to build a lifestyle brand, a brand bigger than just product lines. Denise and I are joined by the founders of Wonder Valley, a company born in the sunny high desert of Joshua Tree, California. Wonder Valley captured our eye with its breathtaking aesthetic and its focus on olive oil, a key ingredient that it uses in its skincare line. Denise, I know olive oil and wine hold a special place in your heart being italian and actually being in italy as we are having this podcast so would love to hear you know from your perspective denise and all of your history what do you think sets up a brand to be a lifestyle brand versus just a product line that is just
2: such a great question because we hear it all the time right oh we have a lifestyle brand versus product brand And I guess when I think about lifestyle, I really think about how does it add value to my everyday life? How do I want to see it in a kitchen? How do I want to see it in my bathroom? How it plays into my aesthetic? Not just a product where I like the product or even just the packaging, but really incorporate it into your life and make it part of what it is that you get up and do every day or every other day and really incorporate it into your daily world. I think that that's where brands really become part of a lifestyle brand versus having a product.
3: I full-heartedly agree. And I think that what we love about really capturing and building a brand to become a lifestyle brand is that there's so much more opportunity to connect with the customer and so much more opportunity to understand the story of it. And so we love the ability when we have clients and brands that come to us and want to know how to elevate. They've got a great portfolio of products, but how do they get to that next step of lifestyle? And I think today's conversation with Jay and Allison are absolutely going to help us connect some of those dots. Wonder Valley is such a beautiful brand. Welcome, Jay. Welcome, Allison. We are so excited to spend some time with you and understand this brand even more.
0: Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here.
3: We want to jump right into the journey of this brand. So can you walk us through what the early days were? What was the genesis for why you started Wonder Valley?
0: Yeah, good question. We're living in the Bay Area and really the story starts with Al as she was the marketing director for the California Olive Oil Council for a number of years.
1: Yeah, I found myself in this really incredible role as the marketing director of the California Olive Oil Council. Prior to that, I had a background in PR and marketing and just a really big passion for food and agriculture and cooking and was lucky to find this role. And what it really involved was overseeing and working with the 400 plus olive oil producers for the state of California and being involved in every component of olive oil production, working with farmers, working with milling equipment manufacturers, with primarily overseeing a professional olive oil taste panel. That was my weekly role was meeting in Berkeley and working with this taste panel of just the absolute best authority on domestic olive oil and having a room full of mentors is really what it came down to. And this professional taste panel certified olive oil extra virgin grade or not on an annual basis for all of the state. I learned how to taste. I learned what made olive oil good. I learned what disqualifies it from extra virgin grade. I learned stylistically what I liked about olive oil. I constantly was bringing home samples and teaching Jay how to taste in the process. And I was just absolutely lit up about olive oil. And I felt like I came home when I started working in olive oil. Everything else was just started clicking for me. I felt like such an honor to work in this enduring, long-spanning industry, but then to be working in California where we're not tethered to tradition. There's so much newness. There's so much room for blending different varietals, testing out new equipment, It's a rather young industry. It's only a couple decades versus centuries old. And so it was really an amazing experience to work for the council and to work with a group of individuals who voluntarily want to put regulation and transparency and meaning behind the word extra virgin in a pretty unregulated industry. And it really was Jay who had the idea of us starting our own.
0: Well, yeah, I saw that sort of light and passion in Al and just her really just taking to this new industry in this role. You know, it hit a point where we were leaving the Bay Area. We were moving to Los Angeles, which meant I was leaving my role and she was leaving her post at the California Olive Oil Council. But rather than just kind of leave that behind completely, I thought, you know, you have access to all these millers and producers and farmers. You're just so ingrained in this industry. Who would be better than to start a brand that kind of takes all that knowledge And with my background being in branding and creative direction, I kind of was hearing from Al that there was like a real opportunity to package this for a new audience and a new story.
2: So you've talked a lot about Olive Oil and that was the genesis and that was the start of the brand, but it has grown so much more since then. Take us through the products assortment that you currently have and the role that Olive Oil plays in those products.
1: Yes, it started with our black bottled glass bottle of olive oil, which I think is still our core product and our hero products. We're entering our 10th harvest year this fall, which is exciting for us. And about a year or two into producing olive oil, I started to really just go on deep dives of the mythology, the lore, the history of olive oil beyond just consumption. And, you know, it really is an original beauty ingredient used by pharaohs, by queens, by Greek Olympians. It had such an elemental role in in civilization as we know it. It illuminated cities, it anointed kings. And so it was that story and history beyond just the table olive oil that we all know that really was interesting to me. And I started just selfishly formulating for myself a face oil. You know, I felt comfortable working in olive oil. And so I wanted to explore other plant properties and benefits. And at the time I was, we just moved to Joshua Tree around the time I started making skincare and it was a pretty dramatic transition from cities and humidity to the high desert of California and that elevation and hard water and sun. And my skin took a hit. And so I started playing around like, okay, olive oil will be the base. What else do I need? I need to reduce inflammation well, rosehip and sea buckthorn seem like natural solutions. I need help balancing this combination oily dry skin while I'm hiking and looking at jojoba and every crevice of rock. That seems like an interesting plant to explore. And so the early face oil was for me. We were fixing up our house. I made it for me and Jay. We eventually had a little shop in Joshua Tree and they were my guinea pigs for a while. Like, what do you guys think? We're selling olive oil and skincare. There wasn't a ton of... Examples we had for brands doing this duality of like a culinary product and dabbling in beauty. It made sense to us to have this whole holistic approach to beauty and wellness in both. But yeah, and then it kind of just kept going from there. So we fine-tuned that same formulation of face oil. We have a face oil that really targets inflammation and acne and scarring. And then we have Wonder Serum, which is more for improving tone and elasticity and aging concerns. We have my desert island pick, which would be the oil cleanser. That would be the one thing I can't be without in our line. And then our bestseller, the Hinoki body oil. There's a lot of other bath oriented products. Like we have two different bars of soap. We have some robes and different bath kits. We also have an exfoliating powder you could add to the cleanser. And then we've recently launched a body scrub about two weeks ago. And we have like a very limited edition olive mud mask that's really tied to our harvest seasonality and story there.
3: And more to come. What I find really interesting and want to spend a little bit of time on is culinary product and then beauty products. So talk to us about how do you merge that? What is the storytelling that you are doing? Because I think this is one of the points that helps elevate a brand out of just, you know, we've got an olive oil, we have a face oil cleanser, we've got an exfoliating powder into we're a lifestyle brand. Talk to us about your storytelling. How do you mirror all these? How do you string them along so the customer really understands the brand and doesn't get lost? That's a good
1: question. I personally try to keep up a little bit of blinders and focus on this makes sense from my perspective on what we're creating for this healthy, balanced lifestyle and bridging the gap between internal health and external beauty and keeping room at the table to have conversations with whether an individual is just interested in the olive oil, keeping room for them to join the conversation about beauty and all these other products or Conversely, they're here just for they heard about our oil cleanser, and maybe we can talk to them about olive oil. what we're noticing is like a topical product can only get you so far, even with the best formulation, and that certain things for your internal house, like your diet particularly, the amount of nutrients you're getting, the amount of hydrating you're getting, your stress in your lifestyle, are you getting enough sleep? are you drinking enough water? Are you a smoker? all these things impact and show up on your skin and I like to think of my skin as a dashboard for a car. And if dryness is showing up, if redness, if flushness, if paying attention to what type of acne, where it's showing up, like that's all my internal health showing up on my face to say like, you need to look at these things or pay attention to these other areas of your lifestyle. And I saw that firsthand. I spent most of my youth in a dermatologist office getting Chemical peels and microderm abrasions, and getting every prescription I could to address problematic teenage skin. And it wasn't until I cut some inflammatory foods from my diet and really paid attention internally that radically changed my skin. And also, using oil based products was a pretty revolutionary thing for my skin. And I think that's what we're trying to offer in a nutshell at Wonder Valley are the tools to have this intuitive holistic approach to taking care of your skin and feeling good in your skin.
0: Ultimately, the way that we connect all the dots for Wonder Valley, it's a very simple formula for us, which is that we generally make all of our products for us. <laughs> we really look to like what we want. And it's funny, like a little side note to this brand before we integrated skincare when we were just years back starting out with olive oil, we tried a lot of different things and none of those really until probably three years after we launched Included Skincare. We were making furniture. We were making towels in Turkey. We were making incense in Japan. We were working with all these different makers to make really beautiful, handcrafted, unique goods. As our lifestyle was changing, we moved to the desert. We left the city. We got rid of 80% of our possessions. We kind of looked at the desert as a blank canvas in a way to kind of build a new, lifestyle and a new life for ourselves. And so as we built the brand, those were really those products outside of the olive oil being kind of the foundation to it all were just lifestyle products that we actually wanted to use and have for our home in, in the desert. As we got more and more obsessed with olive oil and its story, it just made sense to kind of double down and sing the gospel of olive oil in a bigger way, in a holistic way, and integrate the skincare line.
2: It's funny, we were talking about lifestyle brands in general and how they develop and how they evolve. And it does seem like a common theme for lifestyle brands where people found a niche that met their particular need versus trying to create a product for the general public and trying to hit you know a specific cost of goods. And well, what is the market like? And what does the market want? And trying to put something out there that was very market-focused Many lifestyle brands end up starting and building product that they see a need for, that fits their lifestyle, that addresses problems of owner founders, and then they put it out on the market. So it sounds kind of like the path that you took.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. In fact, you know, we were fortunate that we both had separate full time jobs to where those first couple of years, especially as a brand consultant and someone who was kind of building creative for other brands and like these different 18 months go to market processes. I was like, let's forego all that. Let's just put passion into it and let's get some really good groundwork and footing for like what we're trying to express here and what we're trying to build. And then let's look at the business, which just so happened to be a year to two years later. We're like, okay, this is working. This is exciting to us. We're passionate about this. And then we kind of put a real formulation to it, which was as someone in my industry, I think that was a really kind of breath of fresh air to be able to take that pause and just create rather than worry about it being a functioning business off the gate. And that was a very unique and special situation that we're grateful for. And like the desert, again, kind of allowed us to do that. We said as we moved out there, like the key to a creative life was low overhead. Lots changed since then, but at the time, it was like a really beautiful moment where we actually stripped our little homestead cabin back to the studs and lived in a trailer for a year while we were building both our house and new life and the new brand all in tandem. So we look back on that being like a really sweet and special time for us.
3: Well, I was really impressed when we've heard about the brand and we're looking at it, but then kind of seeing the articles in Bon Appetit and Architectural Digest and in hearing some of the things that you have built in Joshua Tree. It really was resonating as a lifestyle and this group of creatives that you have in your life and really honoring the space that you're in, the time of life that you're at and building a brand in those moments. What I'm really interested in is you're there, you've got all this ability now to be creative and you're really infusing it with the whole life, but you are building a brand. So How do you build a brand in Joshua Tree, which, you know, many listeners know Joshua Tree, but it's it's out there. There isn't a whole lot of, you can't just walk down and pick up some great talent and some really great people, but are they there? Are you able to build that business in Joshua Tree and find the right people that you need to keep this business going?
0: That's a great question. And funny enough, something we haven't thought about in a minute on a certain degree to the answer, which is that we built a lot of logistics since then, but I still remember like you packing boxes when like, We had all our belongings in this like outbuilding on our property and trying to fine tune that the mail wouldn't come to the house. And
1: let's just say I'm very good friends with the post office ladies. Mm -hmm. Building of the brand to that degree was something I wasn't very familiar with. Jay had a background having his own fashion brand and knew a bit more of what it means to be an entrepreneur to this degree, but it was all rather new to me. And I guess we just leaned into the fact that, okay, we live in this time where there are tools being presented to like build websites easy to have marketing visibility on Instagram, where you don't necessarily have to have such a big PR spend right off the gate to get attention and to lean into our personal connections to draw attention to the brand or to have friends be models or like we really got scrappy and creative. And I think that was part of the fun. Um, Yeah,
0: to throw desert events. We had this dinner series we did. We still do actually, but the early ones were really special and just kind of out there and fun and kind of got a lot of marketing attention for what we were doing.
1: I think it was just me when I think of that time, I think of the shift in my head space. Like I'd never lived in a such a far out remote place. We were kind of high on home ownership for the first time and just like, you know, wearing our tool belts and our laptops were in a pile of sawdust most days as we were figuring things out on the house front and on a brand building front. And I just remember this incredible feeling of spaciousness during that time. We're in this open, expansive desert. It does something to you mentally just to have all of that negative space. We left a city which can be distracting and there's always something to do or events. And it was just a simpler pace for us out there and our friends and neighbors and new peers that we were making in the desert were all people kind of going their own path and homesteading and building houses and art practices and businesses too. So there was a lot of camaraderie.
0: I think we benefited from over time, more and more people saw the appeal and Joshua Tree became like, it's grown quite a bit in the last eight years. And there's a lot of new blood and energy out there, which um, is great for our small business because we've been able to find really talented people in like a really focused, (laughs) acute labor pool, which has been kind of great for Wonder Valley. And people that, you know, move out there that might have credentials or be overqualified for Wonder Valley, but are just interested in like trying something different and new. And we've had great experience with just having good people join our team that are out there and want to contribute and help us grow.
2: It is
1: the high desert and this wild and strange expanse, but it also is only two, three hours from LA or 45 minutes from Palm Springs. So you kind of feel like you're on the moon when you're there, but we are extremely accessible to a a lot of logistics and vendors and support and networks too, which I think was also a beneficial thing to being in Southern California.
2: So how do you take this ethereal concept and idea and all the creativeness that you've created for yourself and the products and turn it into a business? How do you pivot it from something that was for you, maybe turned into an obsessive hobby that then turned into a business? Where did it make that pivot?
0: I think for me, and you tell me if you feel different now, but I think when we started to integrate her skincare, her first formulation of face oil, I was like, okay, now we're cooking with gas. Now we're telling a bigger story on, not only olive oil is this great, beautiful thing that we wanted to create and tell a story to a new audience for, but just the holistic power of it and kind of position it in a way that was like expansive to me and to our customers. And that is like a oldest superfood. So it had all these natural kind of powers to what it could do. And when used in tandem, it was just like, OK, this has got legs. This is interesting. I think we can expand upon this and make this a really interesting business and i think we're fortunate enough to get some attention early on get in some good stores get in some strangely enough we got in some museum stores early on you know the first few doors and some good early press just kind of set us up to snowball into what it's become today
1: yeah i agree with that that we kind of carved shelf space where olive oil wasn't before and were absolutely blown away by the response even that first year like i remember we sold out of our Small quantity of olive oils in the first month. And that was mind blowing to me. I think that was really validating right off the bat. But as an individual, it shifted for me when we started hiring people, even just the initial shop girls, when it became something beyond just Jay and I at home, doodling on napkins and scraps of paper and like dreaming stuff up. You know, when there became employees and payroll, and okay, we should probably think about budget and okay, is this appropriate? price strategy. Or it started to become more serious to me once we started having people outside of ourselves that were getting their livelihood based on Wonder Valley.
3: Which is a key part, I think, to any entrepreneur's journey is that pivot to the employee and the company growing to a point where you have to have more things in place that cost money, that make you think and plan ahead. What are two or three pieces of advice that you would give a brand that wants to take their product line and really start to elevate it towards a lifestyle brand. Do you have some nuggets there that you could share?
0: I think the first thing would be, I think about building a brand as kind of building a house, right? And building not only the structure and bones of the building, and then you get into like the style of the interiors, then you get into who inhabits the house and what they're wearing and how they speak and what books they read and what food they cook so i really try to think of things as sort of character development in that way luckily for us in this brand is like we were the characters we we're pretty much speaking to us and for us and luckily that's worked for us and has resonated with other people and that story's kind of had some power and attraction and its ability to grow so but I would say to people, if they have an idea for a lifestyle brand, they feel like has appeal or just any level of interest, build it for yourself, like build it from the heart and speak to what you would want to see as much as you can, rather than thinking about 10 other brands or what's on the market or this, that and the other thing. I think like things read more true in the world and more authentic when it comes from a real place. That's my biggest kind of easiest, straightforward piece of advice is just to kind of how to lay the, a good foundation for a lifestyle brand.
2: And as we start to wrap up this conversation, I do want to make sure that we cover the topic of distribution because people always wonder, you know, how do you get it from the home that you've built it in and based around and all of those things to out into the world? How do you get it into stores? How are you distributing it? And how did that come about for you?
0: The way we started was, I mean, luckily from, you know, the friends we had that own shops and being involved in the world of branding and fashion a little bit, we had some connections to stores. And I think some friends took chances on us.
1: I want to say Byright and Marlo and Daughters were some of our first two.
0: Yeah. I'd also say like RTH was probably one of the first ones. Yeah. It was R- our friend Renee who has a great store called RTH in Los Angeles. And, you know, I think it was slow in the beginning and it was like definitely utilizing our network and friends and also a little bit of outreach, like, hey, did you see this new store or did you hear about this? Or I saw an article in this magazine about this cool new store and just a little bit of cold calling. So I'd say in the beginning, it was very grassroots and it was just us just picking up the phone, utilizing what friends we had, but also just picking up the phone to say like, Check this out. Here's a one sheet. got I email you? And just like kind of making it happen. Now there's a little bit more strategy to it. We've since hired a sales agency who's really great. We work with David Parada Brands and they help us with our North American wholesale retail expansion. So we've been with them three years now and we have a great dedicated sales team that's just kind of putting strategy and helping us implement where it lives and where it shows up.
3: That makes total sense. I want to thank you, Jay and Allison, for joining us today and for letting us kind of swim into your brand and really understand how you've built it, how you've established yourself as a lifestyle brand. It really is beautiful. And when you said you're in museums, I am not surprised. It does feel like it fits there. So it just goes to show when you really know the customer, who's buying it, what they like, what they want, and then traveling the path of their life how and where you can fit in. I feel like Wonder Valley does that so well with a very certain customer and I applaud you for building it. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, ask you questions, how can they reach you?
1: Reaching out to us on Instagram would be best. We are a small family-owned business and things can get to me and Jay pretty easily that way. So the Instagram handle is Wonder Valley.
0: We also have an email info at welcometowondervalley.com.
2: And I can tell you, your emails always get me. I will open every email that you send. They are so beautiful and so interesting. You give recipes and all kinds of great content. So I would definitely encourage people to follow you all and get on your email list because those are great.
0: Oh, thanks yeah. so much. We put a lot of love into those. I feel like email is just such a great opportunity to like connect with people that want to be connected with and tell great stories. It's kind of like, if we had a magazine, it would kind of look and feel like that. We'd pour a lot of content of that style into those emails.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And if you want to keep buzzing with us, head on over to buzzbeauty.com. This has been Beauty is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com.
3: Thank you for listening.